0: How's it going, folks? How's it going? I'm Brother Matthew, and this is Christian Coffee Time. All right, sit down together to study the Word of God, and here we are again, another day for another great study, taking a look into the Word of God, seeing what Scripture itself flat out says. Ignoring the opinions and feelings of other people, ignoring other writings and catechisms and stuff seeing just what does flat out, clear-cut, simple scripture flat out say? So <clears throat> this is what is truly most important. To be a Berean, is to set aside everything else, anything else, all other writings and ideas and thoughts, and then studying the scriptures, searching the scriptures to see if these things are so. Not, not studying other writings and other things and other opinions, not studying our own feelings and interpretations, but studying scripture, searching scripture to see if these things are so. Because nothing of the word of God is of our own personal interpretation and personal opinions. What does the Word of God flat out say? So, with this, we're going to continue on our study in the Book of Romans. And we are at Chapter 11. So please grab your Bibles, notepads, and pens and turn with me to the Book of Romans, Chapter 11. And if you have any comments, questions, issues, insights regarding this study at hand then please by all means go ahead ask away if it's not related to the topic at hand if you just hold that to the end of the study or to our next uh uh, q a broadcast all right and if uh you haven't seen it please make sure you check out yesterday's was yesterday's no it wasn't yesterday's it was wednesday's uh study on romans chapter 10 so please make sure you check that one out as we uh, go over our full study on eternal security one saved always saved what does the bible say about this and how it's not by works and works are not a requirement in any way shape or form so please make sure you check that out now we went full bore we let loose the dogs of war (laughs) in that one and uh went uh, full passion full power full fire in that one Uh, This thing, what what is the gospel of Jesus Christ? And it is so important. It's all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's all about salvation from sin. This is uh, why why we need to study the Bible so we can keep ourselves guarded from misinformation, from uh, false doctrines, false gospels, false teachings, false opinions, false assumptions. What does the Bible flat out say? And there's a great quote, actually, by Charles Spurgeon, that really fits into this. A person who is really saved by grace does not need to be told he is under solemn obligations to serve Christ. The new life within him tells him that. Instead of regarding it as a burden, he gladly surrenders himself, body, soul, and spirit to the Lord. It's so true. And that, and just as what Spurgeon is saying here, which is a, also a fancy way of saying, it's about a want to serve Christ, not a have to serve Christ. I don't have to do anything. I'm under no mandatory uh, requirements. That when I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, there will be a want to, a want to study, a want to follow, a want to search, a want to. Uh, to uh, seek after righteousness there will be the convictions of the spirit of god within me there will be evidences of the of the spirit evidences of fruit that's what it's all about so once we believe on the lord jesus christ which this is what the faith is all about all about jesus christ salvation from sin we then follow him as his servants as his disciples all right so we wrapped up romans 10 with fire And uh, we really uh, laid it down. This is what it's all about. Salvation is by grace, through faith, by belief, alone, period, in the Lord God, Jesus Christ alone. So I hope you check that one out. All right. Now, we're moving on into chapter 11. Now, having said these things, uh, Paul having said these things, um, that the Jews... The Jews of Israel are going to be quite bewildered, quite confounded, because, well, you take a look at everything that that happened prior, and this is uh, also, we go back to um, the previous chapters of Paul explaining the difference between uh, between the Old Testament uh, law and the New Testament under Greece, and how uh, uh, it's not that... uh, God is changing his mind in salvation. He doesn't do that. Salvation has always been by grace through faith. It has never been by works. In the Old Testament, they were not saved by their law-keeping. They were not saved because of their commandment-keeping. They were not saved because of their works and righteous works. They were saved by grace through faith, by belief alone in the Old Testament, as well as we see in the New but the Jews had gotten gotten the, uh, everything twisted around. They had corrupted the law. They had corrupted the traditions. They had corrupted the whole point. And this is why God would send his prophets to correct them. And they would kill the prophets he sent them John the Baptist and they killed John the Baptist no they hated him and then he got his head chopped off by Herod and then we see we see the uh son of God Jesus Christ coming to instruct and they hated him for that as well and Jesus preaching grace and faith and helping them to understand and of course we know the story now the Jews wanting to hold on to their traditions not wanting to let go of law keeping and works keeping all the stuff in their traditions and because of this they've blinded themselves to Christ. And because of this, then salvation is also coming to the Gentiles. And God's like, Okay, fine, you want to be like that? Fine, go your way, your hardened hearts. So I'm gonna I I'm am going to send it now to the Gentiles. But we see the promise of Abraham. The promise of Abraham upon Israel is God is God rejecting casting away disowning israel no we see that that his promises are never voided. he never goes back on a promise he they're still held under the promise of abraham but as we see all because they are the chosen people because of the offspring of abraham they are the chosen seed in this and that the promises are there that doesn't that doesn't mean that they're elected to salvation they're elected into the promises of Abraham because of because of Abraham's belief of faith the service of the Lord and God promises to him they are under that but we see a different election as you see down in verse five which we'll get we'll get going in a moment down in verse five the election of grace the election of grace salvation by grace not by not, not because you're born into it, not because you feel obligated, not, not not because of your law keeping, works keeping, or anything else, not because you deserve it. It's not a reward. It's it's something that is given by grace. Now how are we uh, wh- how are we when are we elected? We did a whole study on that before. Are you elect before salvation or after salvation? The grace of God is bestowed when? 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 Alright. Now, chapter 11, verse 1. So, grab a tea, grab a coffee. We're going to be studying the Word of God. Now, as we're getting set up here, grabbing your papers. Um, I just want to go back to... Uh, there's a verse here I want to pull up. acts two forty two and they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers we see the simplicity of studying the word of god the simplicity of faith is that there's no orthodoxy there's no traditions as you gather together as saints as friends as brothers and sisters in christ you sit around the table and you, and you break bread. This is, uh, we see we see eating together, fellowshiping together, worshiping Jesus Christ, and we see such a such an open simplicity. There's no robes and and scepters and ornate decorations and fancy traditions and whatever else and rituals. Is as you gather together in in love of Jesus Christ to study the Word of God. So Acts two forty two is the whole point. This is why it's called Christian Coffee Time. This ministry is Christian Coffee Time. It's based off of Acts two forty two. <clears throat> so we grab our tea, grab our coffee. Yeah, you yeah, know, pull your chair up to the table. <clears throat> and you just open your bibles and you start studying the word of god it's this it's this simple this is what it's all about so acts two forty two paired with acts seventeen eleven as the bereans you search the scriptures and this is what we're doing all right <clears throat> having said that i got my gingerbread cookie coffee <laughs> no joke this is a gingerbread cookie flavored so i decided to go sweet coffee today <laughs> All right, let's get going. No more dilly dallin. Romans chapter 11. So, Paul really hammering down on what salvation is and what it is not. And we did that full study the other day. Now... To him gave all the prophets witness. The prophets came to Israel. They told them. They showed them. They taught them. The, and the, we see, even certain priests—not all priests. Some, uh, some of the priests are corrupt. Some, of the, uh, many of the rulers became corrupt, and we see a huge corruption of the understanding of God, and leaving off the principles as the Lord had taught them. And we see here in chapter 11, verse 1: "I say, then hath God cast away His people?" does god disown his people and we went over that the other day in regards to salvation that when god makes a promise does he go back on it when god makes a promise does he go back on it he says i will never leave you nor forsake you i will never let thee go i am with you always even into the end of the world you held in my hand and no man make pluck you out will that ever be voided will that ever be voided No. So this in and of itself is a picture of once saved, always saved, because salvation is not by works. Now, does God cast away his people? God forbid. Heaven forbid. God forbid that that kind of thing should ever be done or could ever be done. It doesn't happen. Now, we see the direct context here he's talking about israel under the promises of abraham as the elected uh, uh, people of god in the world Um, we see israel in the world that israel is the chosen people now are they the only ones that can be saved no there are some crazy certifiable people that think that only jews can be saved which is utter nonsense and does God cast away his people even though, even though they may reject the Messiah? Does God just reject them and cast them away have nothing to do with them anymore? No. We see a continual drawing. A continual work. That God will work in different ways to try to convict people that as long as a person is alive, they have opportunity to be saved. Alright, so, uh, hath God cast away his people because we see that salvation has come unto the Gentiles, but in such a way we see the hammering down of salvation by grace and not by traditions. We see Paul speaking against the traditions and the law-keeping in sense that it's no longer required, it's no longer necessary. We see a different dispensation. We see a different dispensation a different uh, period of time a different era we see the old testament era the new testament era and we see some changes and these changes came by jesus christ that no longer do we need temples and sacrifices and any of that kind of stuff we see uh, that that dispensation and this dispensation so we see there's a change a change in the blood a change in in the in the covenant this this cup is the new covenant this cup is the new covenant so we see the covenant of Jesus Christ by grace through faith by belief alone it's not of works not of righteous works not by works of the law again please make sure you check out the previous video on Romans 10. highly necessary for understanding this chapter so we see does God cast away his people? No. It was, you see, in verse 1, God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham uh, of the tribe of Benjamin. We see the promises of God are kept. When God says to Abraham that, uh, that he will hold, uh, ho- uh, hold his promises to Abraham and his seed forever, he means that. And it's the same language. God literally uses the same language upon us, upon those of us who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the same language of the same promises. As Galatians 3, Galatians 3 28 to 29, we are adopted into the family of Abraham by the blood of Jesus Christ, we are grafted in. By the blood of jesus christ so therefore the same promises that god will never and can never go back on he will never disown us he will never let us go he will never cast us away i will be with you always even to the end of the world you held in my hand and no man can pluck you out that means you can't pluck yourself out either so we see the language here that that the direct context is regarding israel and the jews and the promises of abraham but the application here of the same language is also upon the church in regards to the promises of god upon the church regarding salvation by grace all right so now hath god cast away his people god forbid for i also am an israelite of the seed of abraham of the tribe of benjamin so we see uh, paul he has a an interesting unique position here as he is a Jew of Israel he's also a Roman he's also a Roman so we see uh, that he's able to play both sides of the fence here being able to speak to the Jews as a Jew uh, under the Jewish customs and also to the Gentiles as a Gentile re- regarding the the ways of the Gentiles as he says I become all things to all men to the Jews have become as a Jews the Gentiles I become as a Gentiles to the weak I become as the weak at uh, that uh, that uh, by this that I might gain some to Christ so in speaking that in showing this verse 2 god hath not cast away his people which he foreknew what you not know, what the scripture saith of of elias elijah how he maketh intercession to god against israel so we see as elijah would go up and would plead for israel same as moses pleaded for israel and we see even here that all throughout all things that that israel has done from the time of moses and how even with the golden calf and all these things he never disowned them. he never cast them away he never broke his promise god cannot lie in him is no shadow of turning no shadow of turning but rather we see even by the book of judges which is a whole picture of this how israel kept going against the lord again and again and again and again and again even into such crazy reprehensible uh, uh, just witchcrafts even human sacrifice god never disowned his people but rather he judged them he chastised them he convicted them he sent judges and prophets and teachers constantly to to convict them and draw them back again and again and again he doesn't disown those who try to bring implication upon the scripture that you can be be a castaway you can be disowned that you can be rejected of god they obviously do not understand the scriptures one iota they don't get it they don't understand it god hath not cast away his people now here's the thing though how do you know if you are of his people well because i'm a jew of israel that was the argument of many in the time of paul here and this is why he's writing chapter 11. people think that that because they're a jew of israel which john the baptist even addressed this at the river jordan say not because i am of abraham god is able of these stones to raise up seed so All because you were raised in a Christian house. All because you were born in a Christian family. All because you were born in church. You are raised in church. All because you believe in God. You have knowledge of God. You believe in the scriptures, all this stuff. Uh, That the many in that day will cry, Lord, Lord, have we not done? Have we not done? Have we not done? It's not of that. It's not of the outward. It's not of your blood lineage. It's not of your traditions or religiosities. It's not of anything that is of your hand, anything of your eyes. It's not It's not of sight. It's of faith. It's of belief, of faith. It's by grace. It's not a reward. It's not something that you've merited. It's not something that God is obligated to give you. But rather as we see in verse three Lord they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars and I am left alone and they seek my life but what saith the answer of God unto him I have reserved to myself seven thousand men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal now this is God speaking to Elijah this is in first Kings chapter 19 as we see this is after Mount Carmel now, think about this. How many times the Lord the Lord has shown his mercy, shown his goodness, the, the goodness of God that leaded thee to repentance. And we, and we see here, even on Mount Carmel, that God answers the prayer of Elijah and shows himself by the pillar of fire and he consumes the sacrifice Elijah set up in front of all the people. And they all saw. And no change. No change. No change, and this is what broke Elijah's heart, because he saw that the people were so hardened, uh, that that they just so jaded, so apathetic, that even this mighty, miraculous, supernatural manifestation of God, it didn't move the people. They shouted, "The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God," and then they went back, and it's just, there was no change. They didn't turn against the prophets of Baal. They didn't turn against Ahab the and Jezebel. There is no movement there is a momentary excitement that just wasted away and this is what broke elijah and calls upon the lord lord i'm the only one left and the lord says i have seven thousand others that have not bowed the knee i have a remnant oh i i have a remnant now we see in all the time of israel of all, of the promises of god upon israel We see it's similar in context to the blessings of Joseph, the blessings of Joseph. As you see, as Joseph uh, served the Lord faithfully and the Lord blessed him, all those that were in the circle of influence, within the circle of influence, became by proxy blessed of God because of Joseph. As Joseph was in Egypt, God blessed Egypt and preserved Egypt from the famine and all these things. As Joseph in Egypt, the remnant in Israel. As Joseph in Egypt, as the Christians in the world as you see where the christians go we see the promises and blessings of god that the lord will bless your family as we see that the because of the sanctified wife the the husband will be blessed or the sanctified husband the wife will be blessed we see those in in uh, in uh within the circle of influence being blessed now, because of this, as just as we see as Abraham with God talking about, Lord, if there be 50 righteous, will you destroy something more? I won't destroy it for 50. And then, What about 40? What about 30? What about 20? What about 10? I love that. I, I actually really love that. That shows the patience of God, the mercies of God, as Abraham speaking to the Lord and pleading the Lord and the Lord hearing him. The Lord doesn't get frustrated with him. The Lord doesn't get frustrated. Uh, we see a, a beautiful picture in there but how how the, the uh, we see that the lord will not destroy as long as there is a remnant as long as there is a remnant now we we go along here there's seven thousand others that have not bowed the knee now i've thought about this i i wasn't able to really find a chart anywhere or anything that that, that gave uh, understanding of how big was the population of israel in the time of elijah now if we go back uh further we we can see that there are millions upon millions tens of millions of people in the entire nation of israel Millions upon millions and millions uh, of Jews in the nation of Israel in the time of Elijah. But to what exact number? We don't know. But the Lord says something here. I have 7,000. 7,000 that have not bowed the knee. 7,000 out of millions. Literal millions. Now, I I don't know, let's just, let's hypothetically, all right, let's just hypothetically, just for a moment, let's just look at this. Let's say, hypothetically, there were 10 million. Now, I'm not much of a mathematician. Uh, Sometimes we do get mathematicians in the comments, but let's just hypothetically say there were 10 million, 10 million Jews, and there's 7,000 what's the percentage what what's the percentage of the population only seven thousand out of 10 million that's hardly a fraction that's hardly even a scratch on the surface that's nothing that that is so few you could walk for days without bumping shoulders into another uh, of the remnant that have not bowed the knee you could go a long time without seeing another person who is like-minded that is so small that is so small but it's when the remnant gets small when the remnant gets small that we see the wrath of God comes down because the wickedness of the nation the wickedness of the people have increased to such a degree that the remnant of God is so small now this is similar to we see is the days of Noah Noah only he and his family now consider this one we are not told what the population of the world was in the time of Noah but we do know it was and people lived a long time hundreds of years how many children can you have in hundreds of years you can have a lot of children in hundreds of years and uh, and so the whole out of the whole world only noah and his family remained only noah and his family remained only lot and his immediate uh, immediate family remained in all of sodom and gomorrah the remnant is small the remnant is small. The way is narrow, and few there be that find it. The way is narrow, few there be that find it. That, that, that uh, many people have differing beliefs and beliefs about God, the beliefs about salvation, as you see, even with Cain and Abel. And in the same family, the first family on earth that who literally saw and heard God, God would speak to them audibly, would show himself to them cain knew who the lord was knew what the lord says and cain still the the israelites that crossed the sea they saw they heard they knew and they still we see opinions and personal beliefs and and feelings and such and personal doctrines can be quite strong sometimes the remnant of god now there are many different angles we could go on this many many different uh, rabbit trails uh, we'll try to reel it back here now the point here is that those, those who truly understand what the what the truth of God is are are generally going to be in the minority they're going to be in the minority now think about it do you get to heaven because you believed in God no do you get to heaven because you just believed in Jesus not necessarily but hear me out do you get to heaven because you've done works and righteous works and religiosities no which jesus is it the jesus of, of catholicism no is it jesus a mormon jesus of jehovah's witness the jesus of islam the jesus of see my point which jesus so the way is narrow and the few that be that find it so when we actually lay upon the table of over 4200 different religions in the world is what they say uh, out of the 4200 different ways 4200 different quotation marks truths 4200 different gods well actually there's more than that because in Hinduism we have over 300 million deities in in Hinduism alone but Hinduism itself is considered a religion so there's 4200 different religions but there's millions of different gods How do you get to heaven? Which Jesus? Which religion? It's not about religion. It's about a person. Which person? Which Jesus? And now, now we see, for example, in all of the other belief systems, even in Judaism, now Judaism was following along and believing in the in the Lord God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the the God of the prophets. They were believing in, in Him and they were following Him, but they had, they had corrupted His doctrines. They had corrupted the path of righteousness, and they gotten uh, they gotten focused and obsessed upon the deeds and the works and the law keeping, and they weren't keeping their eyes on God. They thought they were justified because they did the actions, not because they believed the word and they see when jesus came along how many times did he say because you believed the word because you heard the word and believed you believe the word you believe what the lord says you believe in the lord not your hands you believe in the lord not your works the jews became obsessed with their traditions and religiosities that 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 the traditions and religiosities are their god They had replaced the Lord with works. They had replaced the Lord with law-keeping. They had replaced the Lord with their deeds. Now, the deeds and the things that they were doing were the things that God had actually given them, had instructed them according to the customs and traditions, going back to the time of Moses, that this is what they're supposed to do in the tabernacle, and the temple stuff, and all these things, and all the different laws and stuff, that the things in and of themselves aren't bad. It's how they're being treated. You see, works and righteous works aren't bad. Following the, the commandments of the Word of God isn't wrong. As it's what the it's what the Lord had given. But it's these things wind up having a wrong focus by the individuals. The Jews had focused wrongly, and because of this, it had corrupted their understanding of the promises of the Christ Messiah. They, 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 they had become jaded to the truth and rejected the prophets because the prophets were contradicting their own personal beliefs. As Jesus says, you teach for doctrines the traditions of men. You have not the love of God in you. Teach for doctrines the traditions of men. And the doctrines were not the word of God, but the traditions of men. Now we see, just like today, as people get so focused on works and righteous works and the law keeping, which isn't wrong, it's good. That you follow the the what the word of god says in in uh, regards to the commandments of christ and the laws of god and regarding to what is sin and what is not and that we follow the lord because we want and because we have to but people get so focused on the works and righteous works that they leave off grace they leave off the word of god and they don't understand the christ messiah of scripture And we see as Jesus came and he saves by grace through faith, by belief alone, that the Jesus of the workspace salvationist is a Jesus of the Pharisees. and And not a Christ of salvation by grace. You see the correlation. You see the application. This is how Paul is bringing this in. How he's melding Romans 10 with Romans 11 here. He's bringing the same argument. As you see that in Israel we see a remnant is growing which is not bowing the knee to the traditions of men to the Pharisees and the ways of of the corrupted fathers now verse 5 even so then at this present time also there there is a remnant according to the election of grace again Romans chapter 11 we're down to verse 5 even so at this present time there is a remnant according to the election of grace now of israel as they are the jews of israel that because they are, are of israel because they are of the seed of abraham we see the promises of god that they they will always remain and that's why the world isn't able to wipe out the jews because god protects them people cry zionism well zionism is actually biblical as israel is of god and the promises of god are upon them if you don't believe that you don't believe the bible but we see we see all because they're jew they don't it doesn't mean they automatically go to heaven we see a promise of God because of Abraham, but all because they are of Abraham, they are not elect to heaven. All because they do the works, all because they do the traditions doesn't mean they get to heaven. It's not of works, it's not of righteous works, not by works of the law, it's of grace. It's of grace. The election is the election of grace, not merited favor. It's the election of grace, not lineage of blood. It's the election of grace. And you're elected by grace when when you believe when you believe now as as all the prophets gave witness you go back and you see like isaiah and jeremiah and micah and all the rest spoke of the christ Messiah. moses spoke of him they didn't understand you know which blows my mind because when you actually take a look in the gospels you know when the wise men the wise were coming who saw the star and they're coming and they come to they come to jerusalem and they they meet with herod and and herod asked to go where is this one And the and and some of the rulers that were there piped up and quoted micah 5 2. literally quoted the prophecies of of the christ society that he'd be, be born in bethlehem bethlehem Ephrata. That out of bethlehem will be will come the messiah uh, the one whose ways are of old even of everlasting the always existing one almighty god will be born in bethlehem they literally quoted the passage but they didn't understand it and how many of these people can quote the scriptures and not understand it which we see directly directly in romans 10 2. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. They are following what they think is a righteousness. They are following what they think is of God, but it is not. They have a knowledge, but it's not the knowledge of God. They have a knowledge of the scriptures but not rightly divided, they have a zeal of God, but of the traditions of men. You see, it's so dangerous when you start looking at other things outside the Bible and elevating it to the same level of superiority. The same level as equal to scripture, surpassing scripture, you start interpreting the word of God through the lens of other writers. When you start interpreting scripture through the opinions of other teachers, I'm not the one who interprets the scriptures for you. I am not the authority and no one else is. You don't believe the Bible because it's what I said. You go and study it yourself as the Bereans. You search the scriptures to see if these things are so. Not the catechisms, councils, commentaries, and, and everything else. The election is the election of grace. Not denominationalism. Not, re, not, not religiosity and traditions. Not because you did, said, had, gave, or believed. Because of what you believed. It's what scripture says. Do you believe what Scripture says? What does Scripture say? Jesus is the Lord God manifested in the flesh who saves by grace through faith by belief alone. If you don't believe that, you're not of God. You're not elected to the family unless you believe what the Lord has said in and of himself. Now. As guardian here says, yes, go and study the Bible yourself. Commentaries are nice and all, but the thing you need to do is read the Bible yourself. That's right. That's right. And very few do that. As we see, we see in the uh, the remnant that those which are of the Lord, there are going to be many in that day crying, "Lord, Lord!" Many who think they are of the remnant. Many who think they are saved. Many think they are of the family of God that many think they were adopted into the family of Abraham because they believed this and this and that and did this kept this maintained this or whatever else because because they thought they had conviction for this and that and the other thing but the Lord says I don't know you is it but, but but we prophesied we did the works we cast out devils but I don't know you how is it possible that's so many, many in that day. That's that's multitudes upon multitudes crying, Lord, Lord, screaming and wailing, Lord, Lord. He says, I don't know you. People say it was because, well, they didn't do enough. No, it's because they got focused on the doing enough is why they're not saved. Because they were focusing on the Christ of Scripture, the Christ according to the fathers of, of Israel of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Christ of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Christ of Elijah, of Elisha, of Samuel, and Obadiah. The Christ of Micah, and Jeremiah, and Isaiah. That Christ of Scripture is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, the Christ, the mighty God, manifested in the flesh, was born uh, born of the Virgin, born of Bethlehem, called the mighty God, who has put death for our sins, and his days are prolonged. He was resurrected, just as the prophets had said if you're focusing on the wrong jesus you're going to focus on a jesus of hell a false christ is jesus said, many will come in my name which will deceive many which jesus are you believing in which jesus are you believing in now the remnant according to the election of grace now we, we talked previously on a, in a romans 9 Romans 6, 7, 8, and 9. We we brought up different uh, denominational distinctives and opinions and, and different beliefs and whatnot. And regarding election, what is what is biblical election? And I brought up the, the question to help with the argument. I said, when are you elect? Before salvation or after salvation? Now this is this is a big thing this is big when are you elect of god before salvation or after salvation now elect what to do the works of christ elect to do the works of christ now we see elected into the family of god by the promises of abraham now the bible says here a remnant according to the election of grace This grace of God, this grace of God. Grace is an interesting word. I'm gonna go over it again. Pretend you haven't heard it, all right? Grace is the unmerited favor of God. Now I know it can be a hard pill to swallow for some people. They think that grace is also meshed with works. It's grace and works. No, it, as we see in verse 6. And if by grace, as grace is the unmerited favor of God, and if by grace, then it is no more but of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. It's either or. Works are grace. Works are grace. Works are grace. So we see the remnant according to the election of grace and because it's of grace then it's not of works you can't argue works you can't bring in works as we see it's of grace now what is the context elijah he's he's currently talking about elijah about the old testament old testament he's talking about the old testament dispensation i wish there were black relates to Hebrew roots people in here. I wish there were uh, Judaizers in here. I wish there were other uh, people of other religions in here to hear this one. Uh, people who think that they're Christians, people who think that they're saved, people who think they're going to heaven because they're doing or not doing, maintaining or keeping, whatever. I uh, wish they were here to hear this because they've obviously never read the Bible. They have never read Romans 10 and 11 they've never read the book of galatians works based salvationists don't get it they don't understand the meaning of grace grace is absence of works the moment you bring in works grace ceases to exist then it is no more grace oh foolish galatians ye have fallen from grace why because they had gotten back into works keeping and law keeping the remnant the remnant of god the remnant are those who believe in the lord fully and understand that the lord saves despite the works those who are believing in the lord by grace not by works so we see just as it says if we go back now uh, where are we romans 4. romans 4. romans 4 verse 1. what shall we say then that abraham our father is pertaining to the flesh hath found for if abraham were justified by works he hath whereof to glory but not before god For what saith the scripture, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. He believed, he believed, he believed God. His belief was counted as righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. Because it then becomes a reward and it's not unmerited, it's not grace. But to him that worketh not but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly his faith is counted for righteousness even as david also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom god imputeth righteousness without works without works without works without works imputes righteousness without works and people don't understand. They don't understand. The workspace salvationist doesn't understand and they can't wrap their mind around this. Well, what, what, what's the what's the necessity of the works then? To show your love of Christ. It's not debt. You're, you're not in debt to have to do anything. If you love me, keep my commands. See, the workspace salvationist does away with the belief of the heart and makes it the the mystic religion of hands. Now, as you see, righteousness is imputed without works. The remnant, according to the election of grace, that's the believers, those who are saved are saved by grace. Are those who believe in the Lord and the Lord's grace, who don't think that they're getting to heaven because God owes it to them because they have kept this, did this, maintained this. You see what Paul is saying. Even in Israel, those that are of Abraham, not all of Israel are saved. All of Israel are saved. There is a remnant according to the election of grace that in israel there is a remnant within israel as israel is the remnant of god in the world within israel there is a remnant of god within israel and if by grace then it is no more of works otherwise grace is no more grace but if it be of works then it then is it no more grace if it be of works then is it no more grace how many times does the lord have to say it otherwise work is no more work ephesians 2 8 9 for by grace are you saved through faith faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen faith is not works faith is believing trust faith is believing trust for by grace are you saved through faith. Your salvation is 100% hinged upon your belief of faith. And the grace of God is what is what seals you, is what holds you, is what, is what cleanses you, is what redeems you. Ephesians 1.7 In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Unmerited favor unmerited favor that i didn't merit it i didn't earn it it's not a reward i don't deserve it but he gave it to me anyways because he so loved me because he promised because he promised because he promised i i do not have to maintain the promises of god so that his promise would stay effected upon me if i think that the promises of god are hinged upon my doing and not doing then they're not the promises of god It's not a promise. It's not a promise. You've turned it into a contract, not a covenant. The covenant says the covenant says I will keep you despite contract says I will keep you as long as you do X, Y and Z. If you don't maintain X, Y and Z, then the contract is null and voided covenant says I will keep you despite you're held in my hand and no man can pluck you out that means you can't pluck yourself out either i will never leave you nor forsake you. i'll never let you go i'm with you always even to the end of the world covenant says it's not dependent on you contract says it is dependent on you the jews had turned the 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 promises of god into a contract paul the prophets and Jesus, the apostles, are trying to remind the people it's covenant, not contract. Do you understand that? you get that? Do you see that? Do you see that? Now, uh, people bring in uh, uh, verses cherry-picked, pulled out of context. We talked about this in the previous in Romans 10, uh, where, for example, James, uh, well, faith all works is dead that's talking to Christians who are already saved and he's talking about charity and Christian behavior for the purpose of promotion of the faith not maintenance of salvation otherwise grace would no more be grace if it is by works Romans eleven six, 6 Romans eleven six. 6 right. hey so if by grace then is it no more of works well then what's the point of keeping the law What's the point of following the commandments of Christ? What's the point of the uh, of all of this then? What's the point of going to church? Because you love them. Because you love them. If you love me, why would you not? Why would you not want to go and join the saints? Why would you not want to read your Bible and pray? Why would you not want to fight sin and resist the devil? Why would you not want to? If you have no desire, if you have have no conviction, are you saved? If you have no conviction, if you have no desire, if you have no love of Christ, if you truly love someone, and you truly love someone, you change your life for them. You change for them. You don't want to hurt them. You don't want to grieve them. You don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. You don't want to grieve the Lord. You don't want to grieve Christ. And you because you love Christ, you love him, heart, soul, mind, body, strength. You love him with every fiber of your being. You want to be in fellowship with him. You want to walk with him. You want to talk with him. You want to speak to others about him. When you fall in love with someone, when you fall in love with someone, you can't stop talking about them. You brag about them you talk about them you think about them you wish that you were with them it's the same with christ when you're in love with jesus christ because of what he did for you how he saved you and despite yourself that you didn't deserve it and he saved you out of your sins and you're, you're part of his family you love him and you want to follow him you're not a, a d- indentured slave as the Lord says I don't even call you servants I call you brethren I call you my children you become a child of God you're not an indentured slave you're a child of, of your uh, of God he's your father he calls you his father Abba father which actually translates to, uh, to as like a little child runs runs their father and calls them daddy as, as it's that kind of, of an emotion There's that emotion, there's that connection of such a closeness that he's right at your side holding you. And you want to be with him. You want to, not have to. The remnant is the remnant of the want to, not have to. It's the remnant of grace. It's the remnant of grace. It's the election of grace. It's salvation by grace. It's the Jesus Christ of grace. It's the Messiah of grace. It's the God of grace, not law. The God of grace, not law. And if by grace, then is it no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then is it no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. What then, verse 7, Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. Now, as we see, even throughout the word of God, we see those who are unsaved, those who are not saved. As the word of God says, the things of the spirit are understood by the spirit of God. You have to have the spirit of God to understand the things of God. Otherwise, it just doesn't make sense. You end up corrupting it and twisting it and going all weird about it. Like that's like what the cults do. That's uh, so Catholicism and Jehovah's Witness and Mormon and Seventh Day Adventist and the Mennonite and then the the Amish and the in Islam and and all the rest of them, all the rest of them. Because they have no spirit of God upon them, moving on them to give them understanding, they go off on their own lusts, of their own desires, of their own opinions, of their own feelings, and also being deceived by the devils. They don't understand it. They're blinded to the truth. They don't get it. That this book, this book cannot be understood by the unsaved. It literally takes the Spirit of God to open their understanding. And that's what it says in Hebrews 6, -6, 4-6. A work of the Holy Spirit. A work of the Holy Spirit gives them a taste of the light of the the Gospel. It gives them the understanding of the Scriptures. And they see it, they get it, they understand it, and then they believe. Or they see it, they get it, they understand it, and they reject it. Now, Look what it says. Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for. All of Israel hath, hath, hasn't obtained the election. But the election hath obtained it. Those who believed in the grace of God. Those who believed in the truth of God according to the scriptures. Those who believed what the Lord has said. Those who believe in the gospel, those who had believed what the Lord has said directly, but those who did not believe it but believed other things were not were, were not in the election of grace, who were not saved by grace, but those who believed what the Lord had said specifically, like what the prophets came and preached. Those who believed the prophets, what the prophet's word, they spoke of the Lord, they spoke from the Lord. Those who believed what they said were then brought, brought into the election of grace. But those who fought the prophets. Are not in the election of grace even though they're of israel you see that israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for but the election hath obtained it and the rest were blinded the rest were blinded they didn't get it they didn't see it they didn't understand it and that's why they killed the prophets think about that why would you kill the prophets because you're believing something else with fervency you're believing in a false gospel Verse 8, according as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see and ears that they should not hear unto this day. And this is paired directly with Romans uh, chapter 1, verses 16 to 25. About those that when they see the truth and they hear the truth and they suppress the truth and unrighteousness and they make gods of their own understanding, God will hand them over. God will give them up, give them over to that. That's That's what you want? Fine, go for it. Fine. And they're blinded. They're deaf. They have no understanding. They become fools. They say they they, they, they they believe themselves to be wise, but they're fools. Now as Paul is talking about here, now this is long after uh, after christ had ascended and this is during the foundings of the churches during the early church period this is uh in the early church period we see uh paul writing this letter to the uh, to the uh, roman believers it says says that that about israel being blinded unto this day and they're still blind israel is still blind the jews are still blind they don't get it they don't understand it judaism is not The truth of god it is not they don't get it let alone even in their own synagogues even in their own synagogues today they literally teach and i quote isaiah 53 is a forbidden passage they teach that isaiah 53 is a forbidden passage you're not allowed to read Isaiah 53. Why? Because what does it tell you? Directly, specifically, in, in exact detail. Who and what the Messiah Christ is and what he'll do. It, it proves Jesus Christ. And they reject Jesus Christ. They're still blinded to this day. They think because they're, they're doing and keeping and maintaining that they earned the election. No. They reject and deny grace. Roman Catholicism. Roman Catholicism. In the Roman Catholic Catechism, directly from the Pope, from the Papacy, from the Vatican, as the main charter of the Roman Catholic Church, flat out says that salvation by grace through faith is anathema maranatha. Do you know what that means? Damned of God that the Roman Catholic Church flat out says in their catechism that salvation by grace through faith is is a curse of God a curse of God an official consigning to damnation of God is what they say is what they believe even though the Bible flat out says it they deny they reject grace Mormonism rejects grace Seventh-day Adventism Reject salvation by grace. Their salvation is dependent upon their doing and keeping of law and other things. That they believe that they earn their salvation uh, at their death because uh, because they believed and kept and all these things. It's a works based cult. So these people are blind. They think they're saved because they 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 they, they say they believe, but they're blind. They're blind. When you reject grace, when you corrupt grace, you're blind. You're blind. Verse 9 And David saith, Let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back away. I say then, Have they stumbled that they should fall? It was this deliberately done to them to damn them no no that that's that's wrong that's not what what happened there they did it to themselves god didn't do it to them deliberately they did it to themselves they did it to themselves now look at, look, look at this here look at this here i do know, know a friend of mine here a couple of you will really like this uh, elizabeth uh, you're watching on roku uh you don't really like this because look what it says. Look at it says in verse eleven, Romans eleven eleven. I said, have they stumbled that they should fall? Was this done deliberately to damn them, to curse them, deliberately to them that they would fall? Who 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 says? What group says that there's a specific selection group of people who are specifically made to fall? <laughs> so the hyper-Calvinistic idea of election is refuted by verse 11. Have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather, through their fall, salvation has come unto the Gentiles for it to provoke them to jealousy. Now, because they, they rejected, does God make people reject him? No. No. Rather, he rewards what they've already decided. He, he rewards what they've already chosen so they rejected christ and because of this god shows then his favor upon the gentiles to bring the jews to jealousy so they would realize their position and they'd wonder why the lord is paying attention to someone else and they try to get the lord's uh, the lord's attention back by obeying the lord see that's what's trying to go on here have they stumbled they should fall? Uh, stumbled deliberately so that they would go to hell? No. But rather we see the Lord uses this as a means to try to get the Jews' attention back. God forbid, but rather through their uh, their fall, salvation is coming to the Gentiles. See, right there we see some people say that, uh, um, that God only saves the Jews. Uh, no, that's stupid. That's stupid. Obviously, those people have never read the Bible or even seen the Old Testament. Many Gentiles, many non-Jews, non-Israelites getting saved. So, obviously, those people need to go read the Bible. Now, that through their fall, salvation is coming to the Gentiles. Now, how? We see by the opposition and the rejection of Jesus. And we see the persecution in the early church. It scattered the Christians out into the world. And the gospel went all throughout. God uses opposition. He uses the persecution. And it spreads throughout all the world. And we see in the previous chapters where salvation has come into all the world. And we see in chapter Romans 10, 18. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily. Their sound went into all the earth and the words unto the ends of the world. Into all the world. And this is paired with Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, where there's a remnant out of every people, group, every tongue, tribe, kindred, nation. Hey. All right, uh, we're down to verse 11. Have they stumbled, they should fall, God forbid, but rather through their th- through their fall, salvation is coming to the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Now, why would God want to provoke Israel to jealousy? What would this do? Again, showing where the power of God is. Where is the power of God? That out of all of Israel in the Old Testament, who were the ones that manifested the power of God through answered prayer, miracles, and all the rest? Those who believed on the Lord by grace, not those who were, who thought themselves slaving away in the religious servitude. They had no power. Who were the ones that had the power? Those who served the Lord by grace, who believed in the Lord by grace, the, rem, the, the remnant of grace. In Israel, which of those in Israel had the power that showed uh, that had the power of god the disciples of jesus who is the christ messiah none of the pharisees and the priests of the temple could could bring the could bring any of the hand of god they did nothing the pharisees were dead they had no power no power no evidence of life no evidence of life except through the disciples of christ and we see in, in all the world now what would provoke the Jews to jealousy because they see the power, the manifesting power of God in the Gentiles now because the Gentiles are believing in Jesus that the Jews rejected. With this, the Lord is using this to spark the conscience as pricks upon the heart and minds of them so that they would come to realize and understand where the truth of God really is. Is it in the traditions or it is in the belief of faith by grace? Where is the actual power? Where are the prayers answered? Where are the miracles manifested? Where is the blessing of God shown? Where is the protection of God shown? Where is the power of God shown in the belief of faith by grace? That's what he's saying. It's not because you you go to church and you and you carry this, you do that you dress this way, say this don't say that keep this don't keep that. it's not in your eating bacon or not eating bacon it's not in your doing not doing God doesn't show his blessing as a reward because of what you've done but because of what you believed. It's the belief of faith by grace, the belief of faith by grace. Say it with me. The belief of faith by grace. Not because you didn't and didn't do and didn't maintain or whatever else. Not about that. God provokes to jealousy. Those who think they serve God. But it's this dead religion. And as Jesus said about the Pharisees, they looked beautiful. They looked beautiful. Now, outwardly, they looked gorgeous in, in their deeds and maintaining and achieving and gaining in their mysticisms and even the way they dressed and walked and things they did looked beautiful. But this is why Jesus says, judge not after the appearance. But inwardly, they're, they're, they're full of dead men's bones. They're like walking sepulchers. Just the stink of death because there's nothing is nothing there's no life no power just dead religion this this is dry dead religion where is the power of god shown where is the power of god actually seen we want to want to spark these mystic pharisaical legalistic types want to uh, spark them to jealousy by showing them life liberty Power, truth, the hand of God. Where is the blessing of God seen? Or God is now even rewarding the Gentiles, those that God had not promised. But you promised us by the promise of Abraham that you would be our God. But you don't believe me. They do. I reward those who believe me. I live in those who believe me. You've corrupted the doctrines. You've corrupted the doctrines and made it about works. You've corrupted the doctrines and made it about about religiosities. What does the word of God say? It's the election of grace. The election of grace. The moment you corrupt grace, it's no longer of God. The moment you corrupt grace... It's no longer of God. The moment you try to meld, mesh something else in with grace, it's no longer grace. How long have we been going here? An hour eight. We go a bit further. All right. We may not finish the whole chapter today. Now look what he says about this provoking to jealousy. Verse 12. Romans eleven verse twelve. Now if the fall of them be the riches of the world, because Israel fell from grace, and now this is show that now because of this, the Lord then shows his attention unto the rest of the world because his truth has gone out into the world, because they've rejected it, they pushed it away, they suppressed it, pushed it away, and it's gone to someone else. It now becomes a riches to the rest of the world, not just to Israel. Now, if the fall of them be the riches of the world, and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness, how much more now would it be if Israel believed? How much more blessed would it be if Israel believed as well? For for I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles. As you see, Peter stayed in Jerusalem, and, and Peter was the leader uh, of the church to the Jews, Paul is the leader of the church of the Gentiles. Doesn't mean that there's two different ways. They both p- believed and taught the same gospel of the same Lord, of the same grace of the same Christ. There wasn't, there aren't two different paths. Well, there's the there's the salvation of works for Jews, salvation of grace for gen- No, that's a bunch of nonsense. As the Bible says that 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 in Christ, whether you're you're a uh, Jew or Gentile, bond or free, male or female, all are one in Christ. It's the same gospel unto all. For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are are my flesh, and might save some of them. As he is a Jew... But he's going to the Gentiles, he's hoping to to be kind of like that bridge here. As he preaches to the Gentiles, it's also meant for the Jews. And the Jews would see him, a Jew of Israel, preaching Gentiles, to bring them to jealousy too. Just as the Lord is using this, Paul wants to jump on this and use this as well. As a means to provoke the Jews uh, that they would emulate him as he emulates Christ. It's what he's preaching. As you see, the power of God through Paul. You see the miracles that Paul is doing. Incredible, miraculous things that he's doing. But none of the Pharisees are doing anything. There's no power there. So they would see him, a Jew of Israel, believing in Jesus, even preaching to the Gentiles, provoke them to jealousy to emulate. To emulate that which is of Christ. Does this make sense? Please let me know. I'm going to just pause here just for a moment i know i'm going through this rather quickly but could just let me know if you understand this do you have any comments questions issues insights regarding this study at hand do you get it give me a thumbs up or whatever let me know that you're getting this and like i said uh to really fully understand this chapter you need to understand chapter 10 so, please make sure you go back and listen to our previous study on Romans chapter 10. All right. Now, as you see, if we go all the way through, go to Hebrews, uh, is it Hebrews 11? Now one second here. Yes, Hebrews 11. You want to pair Hebrews 11 here with Romans uh, 11. Uh, as you see, the justification by faith is the belief of faith belief of faith not of not of works belief of faith Now, what is faith you see roman catholics for example and the cults they have redefined faith they say faith is your works no 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 no, no. you see faith is the substance of things hoped for it's it's a believing hope it's a believing trust faith is a substance that which makes it up that well, that of what it is, is believing trust. Faith is substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You see, not seen, not seen. Walk well, by faith, not by sight. Not seen. How can faith be works if it's not seen? Saying faith is works is saying that faith is substance of things seen. You're changing the scriptures. Changing the scriptures. What is faith? Faith is believing trust. So we see they're justified because of their faith. Their faith was counted as righteousness, as you see by Romans chapter 4. And there are many people who get focused on the works, not focused on the belief of faith. They say, well, we know you're saved because you're doing. No. We know you're saved because of what you believed. 1 John 5.13. 1 John 5.13. All right. Let's go on just a little bit further here. Okay, verse thirteen. For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office, if by any means I may provoke to emulation, to emulate, to copy, to to do what I'm doing, believe what I'm believing. Emulate them which are my flesh, the Jews, and might save some of them, that they might see what I'm doing, and they would believe. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? As they, are, they would be an example here. As they saw, they rejected, but we see a great mercy of God still calling and drawing and still working on them and them coming back. And as you see how hard it will be to renew them again. Those whose eyes have been opened, and they saw, they heard, they got it, and they rejected it. How hard it would be to renew them again? It doesn't say that they can't be renewed. It says that it will be difficult, because what's to draw them again when they've already seen it? Like, for example, we see we see in in the Old Testament, but in the book of Judges, for example. Where they see all the evidence and the power of god answering their prayers and delivering them and all the helps and blessings stuff, and they reject the lord and they fall into great sin and and all this stuff and how the lord renews them again he renews them again he renews them again he, he doesn't disown the book of judges itself is a proof that god doesn't disown god chastises those who are his he corrects and disciplines those who are his and sometimes severely he doesn't disown Because if God disowned, why would he try to draw you back? When did the prodigal son cease to be a son of his father? Again, because salvation is not by works. The promise of God, the promise of God cannot be unpromised. He doesn't take it back. He doesn't take promises back. When a promise is made, when a vow is made, when an oath is made, when the covenant is made, it cannot be undone. It cannot be undone. It's covenant, not contract. It's covenant, not contract. Why would the Lord be trying to provoke the Jews to jealousy if he rejected and disowned them? Why would the Lord be trying to call you and draw you and convict you If you think that he disowns, you think you could lose your salvation. Why would the Spirit of God be working on you? Why did the prodigal son cease to be a son of his father? You see, there's so many evidences throughout the Word of God here. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. There's now therefore no condemnation. The Lord didn't burn up Israel like Sodom and Gomorrah. He didn't wipe them away with the flood of Noah. But rather, we see the Lord doing things to provoke them to jealousy so that they would serve him again. All right. Okay. Verse 15. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, this is different, I'm talking about the Jews and Gentiles here. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. It is to it's to treat them with respect, as they were uh, they were of the promise first and as they still are but now this is where people jump in with john 15. john 15 1 to 6 which we went over in great detail in the previous study it that it's not talking about losing salvation but losing the promise and blessing of god does israel cease to be israel because they rejected the lord no did the promises of abraham become null and voided because they rejected the lord no does the branch cease to be a branch of the tree? no did the prodigal son cease to be a son of his father no there's still branches of the tree now they're they're withering up because they're rejecting uh, of that which is of the tree but that doesn't make the branch a non-branch of the tree but that's the logic of the workspace salvation is to saying that the branch can become a non-branch of the tree well what tree did this branch come from which uh, which trees is a branch of how does the branch cease to be a branch? Logic is ridiculous. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree is of, of something else that was grafted in, this is Galatians 3, grafted in amongst them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches, now treat them with respect treat treat the Jews with respect, as we see that the promise is given to them first. The prophecies came from Israel, it's the God of Israel. Say, so, well, look, we're, we're of the elect, and you're not. See, the Lord is with us, and not with you. Is to don't be like that, but rather treat them with with grace. Boast not against them. Thou say then the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken. Because of unbelief, they're broken up. Not 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 because something was uh, uh, was uh, not because you uh, you deserved it. Not because it's a reward. It's grace. It's because the unbelieved is why the Lord paid attention to you. Not because of you in any way. And thou standest by faith. We stand by faith, by grace. Be not high-minded. But fear. For if God spare not the natural branches, take heed lest He also spare not thee. Just as the Lord, the Lord uh, uh, dealt with them, He can also deal with you. This is the Lord dealt with them, the, the rest of Scripture, all Scripture is given and is profitable. As we learn, as the Lord dealt with Israel, we see in the, for example, Judges and all the other things the Lord did with them, He can also do to you. He also do with us. He can He can uh, uh, treat the, the whole world the same way He, he treated Israel uh okay where, where have we got here uh okay we got a lot of information so far we still have a whole bunch more should we keep going uh, let's just keep going why not let's keep going Okay, verse 21. Romans eleven twenty-one. 21. God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also uh, spare not thee. Behold therefore the goodness and the severity of God on them which fell severity, but toward thee goodness. If thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt also be cut off. As you see here, that the blessings and protections, he's talking about blessings and protections, this is ta- uh, talking about the differences between the Jews and the Gentiles. Now, there's a massive, massive difference between salvation and protection and blessing. Does the Lord bless and protect unbelievers? Does the Lord bless and protect and feed unbelievers? No. But rather those whom he promised, those who his promises and his vows and his oaths are upon. All right, so the goodness of God the goodness and severity um, that on them which fell severity severity that's that's talking about discipline severe discipline severe discipline but to thee goodness why because you believed if thou continue in his goodness we see the lord that the goodness of god is brought upon because you're walking in his goodness but if you are walking in uh, walking in disobedience you're and you're rejecting things of the lord you're being like a spoiled rotten brat of god kind of thing you're being unrepentant we see the lord will bring uh, chastisement and discipline upon you and not so much goodness as it is severity He'll bring severity. That's what John 15, 1 to 6 is about. Men will gather up in the castle of fire. You'll be burned. Uh, burned of the things of this world is what that's referring to. You know, pair that with 1 Corinthians 5, 5, Psalms 66, 18, Proverbs 28, 9, James 1, 6 to 7. All right. Um, okay, verse 23 And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. Look, it's all about belief versus unbelief. It's all about belief versus unbelief. It's not. It doesn't have anything to do with works. It doesn't have anything to do with works, righteous works, or law-keeping. It's uh, all the language, all the study. It's about belief versus unbelief. Belief versus unbelief. <laughs> and they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. there's something interesting wouldn't you say those who say that that john fifteen one to 6 is about losing salvation so what are you saying here you're saved again that doesn't make sense no like to be grafted into what why how what for to be grafted in to the goodness of god to the goodness of God, grafted into the promises, the promises and the blessing. God that the, the promises are upon those who believe. All right, now look at here. The difference between Israel and the Gentiles. The promises of Abraham. The promises of Abraham is what this is referring to, of the blessings and the promises of Abraham, to be a part of the promises of Abraham. Are the uh, those that are in the election of grace. Those who are in the election of grace now if for if thou wert cut out of the olive tree which is wild by nature and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree how much more shall these which be the natural branches jews be grafted into their own olive tree now to be grafted in again into uh, that which feeds and blesses and protects as Israel used to see the manifestation of God upon them because of their belief. Can, can a Christian dry up? Can a Christian dry up? Can we lose faith? Can we lose faith? Yes. Can we lose salvation? No. We can't lose salvation. We can lose faith. We can become as the prodigal. The prodigal son wandered away and dried up, withered, and, and was burned and he when he returned we see the blessings of the father grafted in again so we see the language here is not salvationary language but is of those uh, uh those that are of the family but those that wander but like backsliding Can kind a of Christian backslide yes did Israel leave off yes now you see a, a language here of the blessings and the protections Um, The difference between the Jews and the Gentiles, Uh, we see those who are trying to preach works and law versus those who are of the election of grace, preaching faith and grace. Okay, let's back up. Uh, Verse 11 here. Have They stumbled? they should fall, God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation is coming to the Gentiles for it to provoke them to jealousy, to jealousy, that they'd reject the false doctrines and hold on to that, which is true. All right. Those who believe in the Lord of Scripture, those who believe in the Christ of Scripture, those who believe in the salvation of Scripture, those are the ones that are fed. Now, now they used to be, Jews used to be, all right? They used to be of the tree, but we see a cutting off because of the new dispensation. The new dispensation. We see the new covenant. They're still trying to hold on to the old covenant, but that's dried up. They, they used to be grafted in, but now they're cut off because they're holding on to the old covenant. Now, if they want to be grafted in again, they need to believe in the new covenant. You see, does that make sense? Now you see. You see how it's not about doing and not doing in works or whatever, but rather it's a, it's about that which is uh, how God. How God blesses, how God saves. They're trying to hold on to the old ways. And now we see it's changed. There's a new covenant in the blood of Jesus Christ. They're trying to hold on to the blood of the sacrifices of the old covenant. Now, if you want to be grafted in again, as it's changed, it's changed. You want to be grafted in again, you need to believe in the new covenant. You need to reject the old covenant and believe in the new covenant. That's what that's talking about. That's what he means there about being grafted in again. Not because you've earned it, because now you're doing what you're supposed to do, and you're keeping it or not keeping, but because you've believed. Belief versus unbelief. What are you believing? What are you believing? Okay? Now, if you want to be grafted in again, Jews, you want to be a part, part of the power of God again, you want to be a part of the family of God again, you need to believe in what the Lord has said. You used to, and now you're rejecting the new. You need to believe in this. To be grafted in again. For if thou wert cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own their own olive tree? Which this technically, uh, as it it was promised to Abraham and promised to the fathers, this is the olive tree of the prophets. this is the truth of God, the God of Israel, God of Israel, which all the prophets gave witness. Verse twenty-five: For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits. That blindness is part; that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Now, now we see a bit, bit of a picture here of the time of the Gentiles. You see, the time of the Jews, now is the time of the Gentiles that when the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled and when is this fulfilled we see in the end at the end of days um when uh, when Christ comes and the church is taken up the church is is raptured We see the eyes of Israel will be opened again and they they will see and they they will scatter into the hills we see and that's what Revelation talks about but the the fullness of the Gentiles goes right up into when the Antichrist appears and then the eyes of Israel sees this is not the Christ Messiah Jesus was the Christ Messiah. Their eyes are opened. That's what it's talking about until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. And so all Israel shall be saved. Their eyes will be opened and Israel will believe again. Israel will believe again. And they'll be saved because of their faith in the grace of God, and the truth of God. Not because they work. There are many, there are many people who believe that during during that time. That after the rapture, as they say, that salvation used to be by works and commandment-keeping in the Old Testament. Now it's by grace. And it's going to go back to commandment-keeping and work-keeping in the tribulation period. No. That's stupid. That That's not true. Nowhere in the Word of God does it even remotely even say that. As it's always been by grace, it is by grace and always will be by grace. You're saved by grace through faith, by belief, alone and the, during the tribulation period as well. And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, "There shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Uh, uh, This blindness uh, that their eyes will be opened and they will see. Some people take to say, why doesn't God just do this now? Why is God doing it this way? Why doesn't he do it this way? Well, I think God should do this. Well, I think this is actually what's happening. Many people judge God because of the way he is working. Who art thou? Does a thing form say to him which formed it, Why have you made me thus? This is how God is doing it. This is what it is. This is what the scriptures say. And if you don't like it, well, you've got a problem with God. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins, as concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. Now, do you hear this? Do you hear this? the bible says god says as written by the apostle paul the apostle of jesus christ as speaking and writing by the spirit of the living god says right here verse 28 as concerning the gospel they are enemies in regards to the gospel the jews are enemies of christ Why? Because they reject him. In regards to the gospel, they're enemies, for your sakes. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. Because of the promise of Abraham is still upon them, even though they reject Christ, the promise of Abraham still stands, and they are still uh, protected by God in that context. So, okay, so we still treat them with respect because we still see the promise of Abraham uh, uh, by God upon them in that way, but in regards to the gospel, they're enemies. But they're still protected by God for the promise of Abraham. Paul says it. God says it. Verse 28. But it's touching the election. They are beloved for the Father's sake. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance, For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Now this is Numbers 23, verse 19. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Meaning, to go back on his word, to to go a different route. To turn around, go a different way. That God should repent. That in him is no shadow of turning. Hath He said, and shall shall He not do it? Or hath He spoken, and shall He not make it good? What God says, what God promises, what God gives, He will fulfill, and He'll never go back on His word. God never goes back on His word. When God promised Abraham the promises of protection and blessing upon Abraham and his seed forever, He means it. Even if, even if Israel turns against the Lord, the promises of God aren't going to become null and voided. They are still the people of God, whether you believe it or not. In that regard, but in regards to the gospel, they're enemies. Because they're believing in a different Messiah. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Also, in context here, as we see, this is us speaking in regards to his promises and blessings and vows and his oaths upon us in means of salvation. God will never go back. God will never go back on what he has promised us. When he promises, I will never leave you nor forsake you, he will never repent from that. He will never turn from that. He will never change from that. Meaning, he'll never disown you. He'll never reject you. He'll never cast you away. You cannot lose your salvation. So you see, all throughout the word of God. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's not hinged upon you. You cannot affect your salvation. It is the gift of God, not of works as any man should boast. Not, of, not by works of righteousness, not by religiosity. Not like the Jews who are trying to earn it through their traditions. But according to his mercy, he saved us. By his washing of regeneration and renewing, by the Holy Spirit of God, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith, believing trust, of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. You see that? The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. He doesn't go back on His word. For as ye in times past have not believed God, but have now obtained mercy through their unbelief, but because they reject it when it's all the world, you see how you benefit from this, as we see a mercy of God on here, mercy of God. Even so have these also now not believed that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. As we are to show them mercy, to show them grace, to show them the goodness, to be demonstrations of the goodness of God upon them, so that they would believe. So that they would believe. For God hath concluded, verse 32, for God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. To remember that all have fallen away, all have become corrupt. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. And God shows mercy and grace upon all, because God is not willing that any should perish. But God will use this. As these ones reject it, He will use this then as a means to scatter it through the whole world, so that they would believe. And because uh, because of their belief, the power of God is manifested, would provoke these to jealousy, so that they would believe. You see how the, how far the Lord goes. How far the Lord goes to show mercy. How you will orchestrate things and take advantage of things and how you use things. And how he works it all for his glory, for his blessing, to show his mercy. And it's not by works. It's undeserved. You might have mercy upon all because God calls all men everywhere to repent. Verse 33. So verse 36 now magnifies the Lord to show the goodness that God does not cast Israel away. He doesn't disown them. He doesn't cast and disown anyone. He calls all men, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. It, like, that, the ways of the Lord go so far, so deep. You just you can't even wrap your mind around the complexities of the depth of His works. How far He goes with everything. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? You can't even understand how He thinks. Like why are you do it this way, why are you doing it that way? We can't even begin to fathom the mind of God and how He works and, and orchestrates things out. Who hath been his counselor? Who taught God this? He just knew. He just knows. He just does. Who hath known the mind of the Lord? This is repeated in 1 Corinthians 2.16. This is repeated in Isaiah 40.13. Who has known the mind of the Lord? How far he thinks and sees and knows and works and draws. Or Who hath first given to him that it shall be recompensed to him again? Where did God get these abilities and powers and the riches? They are just His. For of Him, and through Him, and to Him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. The promises of God are kept and cannot be undone. God will go to all the ends of the earth to draw you back. He will wait He will draw, he will convict, he will judge, he will prick the consciences the hearts and minds. He will even bring bring up some to provoke to jealousy. He will show his hand, his goodness here so that you would see and know and that you would come to them and ask them of the hope within. He calls and draws all, and it's by grace, through faith, not of works, not of law, not of tradition. Not of religiosity. Glory be to God. Let's wrap it up there. So that's Romans chapter eleven. Romans eleven. We see the power, the power of God, the the ways of God. We see the truth of God. We see the covenant. The first covenant as it was given to israel and we see the second covenant you see they were of the first covenant but because of their rejection they were cut off because the uh, the dispensation changed now the covenant is through the blood of christ and if they want to be grafted in again they need to believe on this which is of grace it's of grace as it was shown to the gentiles of the simplicity here that the gentiles without the works of the law are saved Without the works of the law they're saved by grace and the power of God manifested. And these under the law are law unto themselves, and they are condemning themselves because of their unbelief. And how uh, the Lord works and draws, and he wants and he wants to, to help people to see and understand uh, the power of the grace of God. It's not of ourselves. We cannot earn favor. It's not about merited favor. It's not about law-keeping. It's about the truth of Jesus Christ. but the covenant of the blood of Jesus Christ. As he is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's, uh, there's no other way. The way is narrow and few there be that find it. And the remnant is of grace. The remnant is of grace. The remnant are those that believe the word. The, those that believe the word. Not those that have worked to earn. Not those who have earned favor. The favor is given by grace there we go so i hope romans 11 makes sense hope this uh, is helping a comfort and blessing to you so if you appreciate these studies please give this a like us a thumbs up make sure you subscribe hit notification bell icon so you know we put up new videos and check out all our other videos we got tons and tons of others uh, other goodies make sure you check those out and as well um uh, make sure you check out, again, the previous study we did in Romans 10, which is also, uh, also a part now of our playlist, Once Saved, Always Saved. Once Saved, Always Saved. Make sure you check out that playlist for more information, proving eternal security, that once saved, always saved, because salvation is not by works. Anyone, 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 anyone who would try to uh, say to you or imply to you that your salvation is affected by your doing or not doing or whatever else that you, that you could be taken away, recanted or lost. Those are false teachers. Run away from them. Run away. Run to the hills. Get far away from them. They don't know what they're talking about. They deny grace. As we see in Romans 11 that if works then grace ceases to be grace. Then Grace then is a lie and God's a liar. You see a big problem there. All right, so big study lots of information in this one i know uh so again just go over it again go through it and take down the notes and if you got any comments questions issues insights please by all means go ahead ask away all right now make sure i didn't miss anything here in the comments okay A guardian says one in five americans lifeway research found has read through the Bible at least once. That includes 11% who've read the entire Bible once. That is a sad percentage. That is a sad percentage. Yes, it is. Okay, Guardians of God's grace is what separates Christianity from other religions. All others say you have to work for salvation. That's correct. And Guardian says lots of Christians skip the Old Testament, which is not good. Uh, that, that's true. Uh, we see all throughout the Old Testament are, are manifestations of of the power of god we see uh, uh, the, in the volume of the book it is written of me saith the lord and you see you see pictures of christ and you see pictures of god's grace and the foreshadowing of god's work and grace and salvation and, and all these things yes it all goes together Old the, the god of the old testament is the god of the new testament so yeah um and work uh, guardian says the faith that works is dead but you need god's grace now, again, in context, though, we want to see faith that works is dead. That is in reference to Christians and proliferation of the faith and demonstration of uh, what is already within you. Uh, you can say it, but you want to prove it. You want to show it. Uh, works demonstrate and show, but it, uh, it's not just works. You see, there's also conviction and all of the internal workings as well, which are outward and public. Um, so, you, uh, so, again... We want to understand the context of what we're referring to, and proliferation of faith or personal conviction. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Forces. What's the name of your Bible? I would like to get one for myself. Yeah, this this is my favorite. Uh, this one I got on Amazon actually. This is by Christian Art Publishers christian art publishers uh i bought it on amazon a couple years ago a really nice little one a little leather yeah i really like it really good size um yeah it's christian art publishers brand is what it is i amira oh yeah because at the beginning i said that the coffee i'm drinking is gingerbread yes <laughs> gingerbread cookie gingerbread cookie yes fancy I got some fancy flavored coffees for Christmas and I'm still uh work working through them yeah I'm trying to trying to draw it out I don't want to use them up all quickly I really like the flavors are good okay so with that there you go folks so again Romans 11 right on the heels of Romans 10 obviously but to understand Romans 11 you got to understand Romans 10. Right. And just and even more so, there's many more go with this, but they go hand in hand. understanding why. why, 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 why the Lord is doing it this way to Israel is because of Romans 10 because salvation is by grace and Israel rejects grace uh, because they're trying to hold themselves to the Old covenant, which at the beginning, of Romans uh, from Romans 1 and up, we see him talking about this. All right? So talking about election and talking about grace and talking about faith and talking about law and all this stuff. It all builds up here. This is the whole purpose. So with that, we're going to wrap that up there. And that's uh, Romans 11 today. So hopefully you enjoyed these studies. And God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word. Hope to see you again, folks. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless. We'll